Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 722. Could we have a little bicycle music, please? Bicycle music in honor of our friend and Talking Birds ambassador Scott Bauman up in Waupon, Wisconsin. In his latest Bigby, Big Green, Big Year exploits, he says, My 2019 Bigby year got off to a slow start with the cold weather in March here in Wisconsin, but like every spring, it's starting to heat up. My total is just shy of 80 birds. My bike miles, just shy of 70. The area around Wapon has been thawing out nicely over the last two weeks. The flooded fields are attracting lots of waterfowl. Horicon National Wildlife Refuge, or Horicon Marsh, as the locals call it, is starting to open up as well. Saw my first whooping crane of the year last week. Both sandhills and whooping cranes nest on the marsh. Looking forward to breaking my personal record-breaking year of 235 birds last year. Way to go, Scott. Meanwhile, way south of Wisconsin in Lake City, Florida, to be precise, the 10th annual Alligator Lake Spring Festival will happen on Saturday, April 13th, 10 to 3 at Alligator Lake Park. We mentioned the festival last week, and we're doing so again today to add a thank you to our friend and Talking Birds ambassador, Jerry Poltorek, down there in Lake City. Jerry will be putting up a big Talking Birds poster to let folks at the festival know about our show. Thank you, Jerry. More info about the festival at fourriversaudubon.org. That's fourriversaudubon.org. <laughs> What we're hearing there is, uh, that's, well, it sounds like a little, what, a motorboat, Tim, of some sort, but it's actually our mystery bird. This is a preview. Is it an Evinrude? It's an Evinrude uh, 560, <laughs> I believe, yeah. Okay. Anyway, a preview of our mystery bird contest. Here in the U.S., our bird is found only among a certain type of vegetation. We can't name the vegetation because that would kind of give away the identity of the bird, if you know what I mean. It's almost exclusively in the U.S. along the southern coasts of Florida, where it forages in trees and shrubs for grasshoppers and caterpillars and moths and other insects. It's a slender, medium-sized bird with a long tail that has large white spots along its edges. It has a brown back and brown wings and buff-colored undersides, a black face mask, and a bill that's black on the upper mandible and yellow on the lower. That would be our mystery bird... And this is a preview of our contest. We'll do the actual contest a little later. We have a beautiful Droll Yankees uh, cute feeder. You can adjust this feeder so uh, you can kind of determine whether you want smaller birds or larger birds uh, visiting there. It has a height-adjustable dome. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. 
the app that makes learning bird sounds a game on our mystery bird contest coming along in just a little bit. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Chicago tops the list of most dangerous U.S. cities for migrating birds. But homeowners can help. See the video about it on our page. Want to see a bird-like robot stacking boxes? Well, of course you do. Boxes weighing up to 33 pounds? We have the video of this ostrich on wheels. Thanks to the genius designers at Boston Dynamics. And did you know that female warblers who raise chicks cooperatively age more slowly than those who don't? At least that's what some Dutch scientists say. We have the story for you courtesy of Cosmos Magazine. And that's some of what's on our Facebook page right now. You can find those stories on an online search, in case you're not a Facebook follower. Our conservation salute of the week goes to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and the state of New York, which is about to become the second state in the U.S. after California to ban single-use plastic bags, billions of which are thrown away after a single use for an average of 12 minutes. The ban is expected to be passed as part of the state's 2020 budget deal would go into effect next March. The legislation, by the way, would allow individual counties and cities to opt into a program that would implement a five-cent fee on paper bags with 40% of the revenue supporting local programs to buy reusable bags for low- and fixed-income consumers and 60% going to the New York Environmental Protection Fund. There'll be some exceptions to the ban, including dry cleaning bags and plastic bags for fruits and vegetables at grocery stores and supermarkets. So, way to go, Governor Andrew Cuomo in the state of New York. Speaking of which, we are very thankful and grateful and uh, fortunate to be able to say thank you to some more Talking Birds listeners who have become Talking Birds ambassadors, including John B. from Brooklyn, New York. He says there are a few things that make a Monday morning L train commute into Manhattan enjoyable. Your show, via podcast, takes me out of the sardine can that is the subway and transports me to wherever the featured feathered friend resides. Thank you so much, uh, John from Brooklyn, for becoming a Talking Birds Ambassador, And thank you to Anna Bennett from Sawyer, Oklahoma. She says, even though southeast Oklahoma is a long way from y'all, I never fail to find something useful and interesting in your program. I've been telling my friends about talking birds, including my friends who recently moved to Rhode Island. And Anna goes on to say, I'm a lifelong birder, although I'm just beginning to document my sightings. We live on a 60-acre farm near a large lake that we're in the process of turning into a small refuge for wildlife now that we've retired. How cool is that? Way to go, Anna, and thank you so much. Talking Birds listeners, will you join Anna and John and our ambassadors family? It's easy to do and easy to sign up for. Just click the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Till to come on our show today, Nick Lund, a.k.a. The Birdist, We'll share something somewhat scandalous about his home state of Maine. Plus, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment. Little advice on thistle or nitroseed. 
And up next, an exceptionally beautiful neotropical migrant appears as today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. Well, with apologies for the cheesy Clark Gable Rhett Butler impression, not to mention the misquote from the movie, I'd just like to say, you want Scarlett? We got Scarlett. It's our featured feathered friend, the Scarlett Tanager. Wow, this bird is so striking. If it had wheels, it could be the star of the Detroit Auto Show. It's beautiful. It's sleek and it's red with contrasting black fenders. I mean wings. And a black rear spoiler. I mean tail. And all combining to make this bird pretty unmistakable. Though often hard to find because of its rather secretive nature and preference for a forest canopy habitat. Complicating things just a bit, the female and the non-breeding male aren't red at all. They're green, still with the black wings and tail. And during molting in spring and fall, the scarlet tanager shows a mix of green and red in its body feathers. Very Christmassy. Otherwise, it's a medium-sized songbird. The bill is thick and pointed. The eyes and legs are black. And its song has famously been described as sounding like a robin with a sore throat. Be listening for that sound on a future mystery bird contest. The Scarlet Tanager, today's featured feathered friend here on Talking Birds. Thanks again for being with us here. It's our show number 722. Find out more about our show if you're interested at TalkingBirds.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Talking Birds. We first discovered our friend Nick Lund through a Slate.com article a while back that he wrote in which he decried the fact that so many states were so unimaginative in their choice of state birds, with seven states, for example, naming the Northern Cardinal as their bird and several others picking the Northern Mockingbird instead of designating a bird that's really representative of their particular state. So imagine Nick's chagrin when he moved back to his home state of Maine joining the staff of Maine Audubon, and discovered that his state, it could be argued, doesn't really have a state bird, at least not a specific species of bird. Well, to tell us if that is an accurate description of the circumstance in the great state of Maine, we now welcome the man himself, Nick Lund, a.k.a. the birdist. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ray. How you doing? Doing well. Great to have you back. Nick, is it really true? Did you discover that Maine doesn't really have a state bird? It's true. I can hear the embarrassment in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I grew up, the first bird I ever think I, I think I ever knew was the black capped chickadee because Mm. I was told that it was Maine state bird. I was, you know, growing up in Maine. So, you know, state birds, I always think are are important. Uh, They're they're a very good educational tool uh, and they're a way for a state to represent itself and tell the rest of the country about itself. Mm. Um, and so, I, you know, I've always loved them. Um, but as I, when I moved back here and started working for Maine Audubon in that sort of first week, uh, first couple of days, where I didn't really have much to do. <laughs> I was poking through the old state laws there and 
and discovered that Maine's law establishing the uh, our state bird only reads the state bird shall be the chickadee. Just chickadee. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how did how, how did that come about? They just didn't uh, care or didn't know any better. Or what do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the problem is, of course, that we have two species of chickadee: black capped chickadee yeah. and boreal chickadee. Mm-hmm. And so the law, in my eyes, is, is not specific enough um, to name an actual, an actual bird. The laws of um, every other state but Maine and Utah um, are specific to a, a particular species. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're adrift. What do we do? And what's the Utah thing? Utah thing just says the state bird shall be the seagull. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Their state bird is the California wow. gull. Wow. Uh, they should switch to Canadian ghosts. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. You know, it could stand some correcting, well, but most uh, forty-eight other states are specific. Yeah. So you mentioned boreal chickadee. Is this right? There was a, a survey among uh, school students there, and they thought the boreal chickadee should be the main state bird. Is that right? Yeah, it may have been. A, it wasn't a huge sample size. So, yeah. so this representative uh, Betty Austin from Skowhegan, a town in sort of north-central Maine, um, introduced a bill into the state legislature after um, some of the hubbub around my findings uh, made the papers um, to try to clarify what our state bird should be. And she polled her children uh, in Skowhegan, which is a part of the state that, that the, bore, the boreal chickadee does exist, um, and that's what they came up with. Um, I found in my conversations that it's uh, it's pretty split among uh, how people, you know, what, what the state bird of Maine should be. Mm-hmm. Well, you've tried to do something about this, this uh, species non-specificity thing, uh, right? What have you done, and what's been the result of your efforts? Well, um, as I said, Representative Austin introduced a bill to the state legislature. Um, I went up and testified on behalf of Maine Audubon about that bill. Um, it, officially, Maine Audubon does not take a stance on, on what the state bird should be. Hmm. Um, but we are just pleased that people are talking about Maine birds and how to represent ourselves in the state. Um, the committee uh, was not interested in taking the bill any further, and so uh, did not vote to pass it out of committee. And so um, it has died for this session. Oh. And who knows what the future will hold, but um, plenty more conversations to be had, for All sure. Right. It's still some battles to be fought, then. Of course. All right. Well, May, uh, uh, Nick, there's a bunch of birding festivals I- in Maine this spring, right? I- I've got uh, three of them listed here, one of which will certainly uh, see you uh, pretty soon. That would be the uh, L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival on Memorial Day weekend. That's right. You and I will be there, right? Yeah going to be a blast that's the 24th 25th 26th uh of may uh here in freeport maine where l bean is located that's going to be a blast and by the um, way our, our at- guest last week on last week's show laura erickson will be the keynote speaker there at that event that's right that's right um and so that's going to be great i think um a week later um laura and i and uh, a bunch of others will also be at the acadia birding festival up on uh, mount desert island mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, a, a great festival and a, uh, obviously a beautiful part of the main coast. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then a week later in the first week of June, or I guess starting the second week of June, um, a, a festival I'm really excited about, the Rangeley Birding Festival. This is up in Rangeley, Maine, in uh, in the Boreal Forest. Uh, this is the first year we've ever had the festival. Um, and I think it's going to be really fun and unique because unlike most birding festivals uh, in which you catch these birds on migration, uh, the range of the birding festival, we're going to see a lot of these warblers, Cape Mays, and, and other things on territory. 
that will be in their habitats. Um, there will be, you know, nesting and, and calling on territory. So it's going to be a really um, f- fun way to see these birds. All right. Acadia Birding Festival, the Rangeley Festival, and the uh, Bean, Maine, Audubon Birding Festival. Check out Nick Lund's Birdist's Rules of Birding at Audubon.org and visit his personal website for more of his wit and wisdom. And that's thebirdist.com. Nick, thank you. We'll see you uh, at the festival in Freeport, Maine, and maybe one or two of those other festivals. I hope so. I can't wait. See you, Ray. All right. Thanks, Nick. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Tanzania hosts more than a thousand bird species. And on safari with Nasera safaris, you'll see the birds and the big five. The lion, leopard, elephant, rhino, and cape buffalo. That's Nasera safaris founder and guide, Joseph Dunguru. And Nasera safaris provides more, says co-founder David Clapp. We offer customized safaris and mountain climbing adventures in Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda, and gorilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda. Going on safari in Africa is an unforgettable experience, and there's no better way to do it than with Nasera Safaris. See their website for details, nasarasafaris.com, N-A-S-E-R-A, Nasera Safaris. Well, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live... We uh, air the show live Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Uh, and you think you're unable to enter our mystery bird contest? We have a solution for that. Just listen to us online. Easy to do if you visit TalkingBirds.com. And there's a button there. It says, How to Listen. We figured that was a good way to describe it. And uh, just click on there. You can see how to do that live listening online. Our mystery bird contest about to get underway here is the sound of our mystery bird. Here in the U.S., our mystery bird is found only in a certain type of vegetation, which we can't name because it would give away the identity of the bird. Almost exclusively in the U.S., it's along southern coasts of Florida, foraging in trees and shrubs for grasshoppers and caterpillars and moths and uh, other insects. It's a slender, medium-sized bird with a long tail with large white spots along its edges. It has a brown back and brown wings and buff-colored undersides, a black face mask, and a bill that's black on the upper mandible, yellow on the lower. That's our mystery bird. The number to call is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Of course, you can take a guess because nobody's uh, correct answer. If we don't get a correct answer, it means the... Uh, what does that mean, team? It means uh, we'll have a drawing, uh, Tim, and uh, we'll have a winner that way. So that that's kind of how that goes. Beautiful prizes include... The Droll Yankee's Cute Feeder is the cutest chickadee feeder for any type of food. It even has a height-adjustable dome that helps you manage the size of visiting birds. And it holds a cup of sunflower seed or mixed seed or fruit or wheel, uh, mealworms. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. So, some clues and some prizes and the sound of our mystery bird. Tell us definitively what it is or take your guess. Either way, at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900.
Meanwhile, we're going to learn something more about feeding birds in your backyard with the man who knows a little something about it. That would be Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Cindy Staley, and I live in Springfield Center, New York. I think the show is wonderful for kids. I love birds, and I really think the show captures the importance of knowing about your natural surroundings, including birds. That is something that you can get going on with kids and have them be a part of that backyard science. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Michael Connor on Cape Cod. It's the legendary Birdwatcher's General Store. Mike is an expert on feeding birds in the backyard, having operated that store, if I'm not mistaken, for about... 35 years now? We'll confirm that with Mike, but let's see if he's there first. Good morning, Mike. Oh, my God. Has it been that long? <laughs> I'm oh. guessing. Am I uh, close? Yeah, you are close. Yeah. Actually, next month it'll be uh, 36th year anniversary. Wow. So we're going to rent the Astrodome and have a big party for everybody in America. Oh, great. Yeah, the, you, know they tore that d- you know they tore that down a few years ago. Uh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll have to think of a new place then. <laughs> okay. yeah, maybe the back parking lot of the store or someplace like that. Somewhere like that. Well, Mike, um, a friend of mine um, left some niger seed in a feeder for a really long time in the Talking Birds garden. I mean, in a, some garden somewhere. Oh, and, a friend uh, of yours, huh? Yeah, it's a friend of mine who did that. I, I'm kind of <laughs> ashamed of him. But, uh, yeah, the, the seed, uh, he, my friend tells me, kind of t- kind of turned into mud. So that's probably not really that good to keep feeding that uh, birds. Yeah, are now you not, see, yeah. now tell your friend if yeah. you ever see him or her or, yeah. or him. It might be her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you see it, the seed that we call thistle seeds. A lot of people, especially in this area, call it thistle seeds. Yeah. Goldfinches really tend to like. So do uh, pine siskins and red poles and chickadees in the summer. It's a seed that comes mostly it's imported, or all of it's imported, actually, mm-hmm. from uh, Ethiopia or Burma, wherever they call that this, these days. And um, because they're worried about other noxious weed seeds getting in with the product, that they sterilize it or they heat treat it. And um, in the 80s and 90s, they heat treated it, and it wasn't so bad. And then in the, in the 2000s, they cranked up the heat a little bit more. Now it's like 250 degrees or something. Hmm. And so it really shortens the shelf life on this product. So when you buy thistle seed, you buy niger seed, only buy what you're going to use in, in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we kind of learned that because a lot of my customers being on the Cape, they go away because they're, they're cowards and they leave New England in the wintertime <laughs> and they go down to Florida. And then they come back and then they complain that, you know, hey, the birds aren't coming, they're not eating the seed any longer. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I said, well, how long, how long have you had it? You know, and then I'll, you know, they'll say, well, I got it like six months ago. And, you know, I said, do you, do you drink the milk that's still in the refrigerator six months ago? It's a product, <laughs> it spoils, you have to keep an eye on it. So my advice, tell your friend that if they buy a niger seed, buy it in small amounts and try to buy it from a place that 
typically sells a lot of bird seed, not like a convenience store or maybe a, a small department store, but some a big a place that moves a lot of seed, so it's fresh. And then, um, and then it also spoils quickly. So um, when you fill the feeder, don't top it off. If you fill the feeder and eat half of it, don't put fresh on top of old. That bottom stuff will get really moldy fast. Yeah. Kind of rotate that out of there uh, quickly. All right. Well, it's uh, good advice. And, Mike, if I see my friend, I will uh, I will pass that along so that he or she will um, uh, <laughs> If you see your friend, yeah, 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 yeah. Just move that seat along and it'll be, it'll be fine, right? It'll, it, I mean, your friend's seat will be fine. My friend, yes. yes. My friend says hello, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Talk to you next okay. week. You got it. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. Mike O'Connor at the famous Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. And yes, they do have niger seed there, or thistle seed, or all the other kinds, uh, for that matter, as well. Okay, so meanwhile, we're back to the mystery bird contest, uh, right after this uh, brief but important message. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. On to the mystery bird contest. Uh, the sound of our mystery bird is kind of something like this. 781-837-4900 is the number. A beautiful bird feeder from Droll Yankees. And download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. Our prizes this morning, 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Our mystery bird uh, found only in a certain type of vegetation, as we mentioned, that would kind of give up, give away the bird if we um, tell you what that vegetation is. A slender, medium-sized bird with a long tail, large white spots along its edges. And we have, uh, let's see, we, well, we have Bo down there in Tampa, Florida, but first we go to BB in, well, we'll find out. Acony, maybe. Iowa. Good morning, Bibi. Did we come? Good morning. Good morning. Did we come anywhere close on the pronunciation of the town there? <laughs> no. No. It's Ankeny. So. Oh, that's an, Oh, I thought that was an H over there. It's an S, it's an N. No, that's that's why. Yeah. Okay. Ankeny. Sorry, that's my left-handed chicken scratch. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Use the right-handed chicken scratch. I'll tr- yeah, I'll try. So uh, that's where uh, Ankeny, Iowa. It's right by Des Moines, right in the middle of the state. All right. Well, uh, Bibi, you heard our uh, uh, clues and all that. Uh, what do you say on the uh, on the old mystery bird there? I think it's a mangrove cuckoo. I think you are absolutely right. Maybe not Thank fair me. that we didn't go to Bo in Tampa, Florida, because he's probably got some mangrove cuckoos not very far from him, but uh, that's the way it goes. Try us again, Bo and Bibi. Thank you so much. And you know, we have a little, I think we have a little extra time. We could do one of our bonus questions for a, a fabulous bonus prize to be named later if you'd be interested in trying it. I, I would try. All right. This is a multiple choice question. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is a quilia? What is a quilia? Is it A, the quill portion of a bird's feather? B, a genus of African birds that includes the red-billed quilia. Or C, it's just aliuk, uh, spelled backwards. Those, those would be your choices there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have any idea, but I'll guess B. B, a genus of African birds that includes the red-billed quilia is absolutely uh, correct. Do we have some applause? Or we don't have, where's our applause? We'll try this one. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's the applause, yeah. We have two audiences here, and one was uh, not present. 
uh, just at the moment there. Yeah, I, I, I am told, and I didn't know this before we came up with this question here, that that is the most abundant bird species on Earth, the red-billed huh. quilia. Yeah, even more than house sparrows. So there you go. So, uh, Bibi, thank you so much. Stay on the line there, and uh, Tim will uh, write your, your address down in his left-handed uh, chicken scratching. And if with any luck, we'll be able to send those prizes out to you. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you, Bibi. Uh, Bibi in Ankeny, Iowa, correctly identifying the mangrove cuckoo as our mystery bird for today. We're just about out of time. Just a reminder again, this is a little ways off yet, but a uh, little planning here. We'll be at the main or um, the L.L. Bean Main Audubon Birding Festival on the Memorial Day weekend. And if you happen to be in the main area, don't forget the places that uh, Nick Lund mentioned. Other festivals up that way, Acadia and Rangeley also this uh, spring and early summer. That would be it for our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, Homa Sarabi Done, and our engineer, Tim Chicken Scratching McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club.